When we go out to eat, we never agree on where to go. I want burgers! Pizza! Tacos it is. The one thing we do agree on is, we all want unlimited high-speed data. That's why we switch to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four lines with unlimited LTE data for just $100, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Requires new line. During congestion, the fraction of customers using more than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. Video streams at up to 40p. No tethering. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome, Star Wars fans, to episode 3 of Tattooing Sons. This week, we will be sharing all of our spoiler-filled reactions to The Last Jedi. What did we love? What did we hate? And where does Star Wars go from here? This isn't going to go the way you think. It is time for Tattooing Sons. The Force is strong in my family. I am your father. I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I am joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. A two to Stars fans, thanks for tuning in, and if you're not a Stars fan, you're missing out. Big time. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it's not my turn. Go. <laughs> and of course, you can't have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So on that note, here's my dad, the Bowtie Jedi Guy. The Bowtie Jedi Guy. <laughs> You never I, uh, really explained why how you got that name because in this format you've never really worn yeah it. all our YouTube videos had me wearing a Star Wars bow tie I wear bow ties to work just about every day wear bow ties to church on Sundays um, I've been wearing bow ties for years and so it's you know we've got thing. it's become my thing and so we've of course we've got BB Nate who's a huge BB eight fan. And since his name is Nate or Nathan, kinda it works. made sense. Yeah, kind of works. And then you've got Samuel the Hutt, who dressed as Jabba the Hutt while on stage with Anthony Daniels and Warwick Davis at Star Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense that he's Samuel the Hutt. And since I have lots of bow ties and wear them all the time, and I have several Star Wars bow ties that my amazing and wonderful and stunning and beautiful wife <laughs> has made. Um, and you wear it, a Jedi costume. And I wear a Jedi costume. It made it easier to just, or sim- simple to call me the bow tie Jedi guy. So, But that's not what we're here to talk about, is no. it, guys? No. Not even close. No, no, no. So it's um, Saturday morning, <laughs> the 16th, which means that the last 48 hours has been a holiday. Not <laughs> Christmas. Uh, some of our friends and family are celebrating Hanukkah. But for us, it's been the release of The Last Jedi. Yeah. And so we're not going to talk any spoilers at this point. We're going to wait for a couple of minutes before we get into spoilers. We will give you an alert. Uh, and then we're going to go a full on yeah. into the spoiler world. But let's just give our initial reaction to The Last Jedi, which we've been waiting for for two years. BB Nate, you get to go first. Um. Well... The more I think about this movie, the more and more it becomes my favorite Star Wars movie. And I think that could be for a lot of people if they just look past the 
really confusing stuff that happened <laughs> in that movie. Yeah, it's um, again we're trying to avoid spoilers at this section. So right, it's, it's like a tough. how do you talk about the Last Jedi without spoilers right. at this point? Uh, but you're right, Nate. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie yeah. that we didn't see coming. Yeah. So you and now we've only seen it one time. Uh, we're waiting. Uh, we should probably get an endorsement. It's about 15 times too less. Yeah. We should, we're waiting for our movie pass yeah. subscriptions to come in so we can go see it as many times as we want to. Um, they should be here maybe even today, um, we're hoping for. And if movie pass, you want to sponsor our podcast and pay for that, we'll plug you every week because we think that, <laughs> uh, we think that movie pass is amazing. But anyway, um, I, what I'm, I've read from people that have seen the movie is similar to what you think is going to happen, Nate. Yeah. Uh, the more you see this movie, the more you fall in love with it. Yeah. So, interesting. Um, it's it, For me, it's about thinking about it. Just kind of wondering about it, uh, speculating a little bit more about it, and then just kind of having fun with it. Like, again, making crazy predictions about it, even okay. after seeing the movie. About what's going to happen? Yeah. Okay. But, other than that, it is my favorite so far. So far, all right. Samuel well, the Hutt, what are you? What are your thoughts on the Last Jedi? It's not my favorite yet. Hmm. Uh, there was a lot of information to take in, so I think I need to see it a couple more times before I decide whether it's my favorite or not. All right, so we have some context definitely here. liked it. Okay, just I don't know if it's my favorite. So for context purposes, what's your favorite Star Wars movie of all time? Uh, either Empire or Rogue One. Probably Empire. Okay. So, in the words of Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter this week, um, Empire Strikes Back is sliced bread. And some people are saying that this is the best thing since sliced bread. Or they were talking about it's the best right. movie since Empire, Empire Strikes Back. You kind of feel the same way. You're just trying to figure out how well, it fits into that. Okay. Interesting. As far as I go, I um, have spent... Um, a lot of times since we saw the movie Thursday evening, thinking about the movie, processing uh, what I saw and experienced, um, it was definitely not slow. Um, there are th- some that yeah. are out there that are saying that it, it drug a little bit in the middle. I don't believe it did. Um, kept my attention the whole time. I was excited. There are some things that happen that make your jaw drop. I uh, don't generally um, have a very uh, vocal uh, <laughs> participation when it comes to going to the movies. I don't cheer. I don't cry. I don't boo. I don't gasp. I did all uh, in this yeah. movie. Um, so I uh, maybe have teared up at one point when we get to the spoiler section. We'll talk about where. Um, what um, I've spent time listening to a lot of other podcasts over the last few day, couple of days that have. Uh, been from people that have seen the movie and so they're full of spoilers and reactions and um, I'm a little uh, taken aback by the way that other podcasts are talking about this movie Um, what they saw doesn't seem to match up with what I saw um, with especially as it becomes uh, it comes to one arc within the story there's a whole arc it's a major plot line of the story that I just think that most of the uh, Star Wars Fandom just hasn't figured out. And for me, it is the most important arc of the entire movie. And it's what makes the movie make sense. So uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Sam? Okay. Um, 
Sam's fighting a little bit of a cold right now, so he's going to get up for just a second, and I'm going to mute this. You know, we don't we don't have a, a cough button, but we have a mute button. So, um, so you don't have to on, in podcast land hear him blow his nose. I'm going to mute this for just a second. Same thing I always do: talk my way out of it. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Okay, he's uh, he's gonna go one more time. So I'm just gonna play fun uh, Han Solo tracks while he blows his nose because, of course, that's amazing. It's true, all of it. All right, that's what happens when you're live. See, if we were like all these other podcasts that record and edit and things, you wouldn't have to experience Samuel the Hutt uh, blowing his schnoz uh, during the uh, podcast. But he's fighting a cold, so um, you know we have to go with it. All right. Anything we want to say reaction-wise before we get into the spoilers? Everybody's shaking their head. Nobody can hear you guys shake your head. Nate, you got anything you want to say? If you haven't seen it yet, you'll love it. Okay. Hopefully. All right. Samuel the Hutt? Nothing really. I think we should just get into the spoilers. Okay. So here we go. Just to make sure that there's no doubt, the rest of this podcast is full of spoilers. If you have not seen The Last Jedi... This is what you have to do. You have to pause this podcast right now, get in your car or on your bicycle or your land speeder or whatever you've got, get to the movie theater right now, see The Last Jedi, and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast because here's your spoiler alert. All right, so what we're going to start with first is what we loved about The Last Jedi. Okay, so let's go with you first, Sam. Samuel the Hutt, you're uh, spoiler-filled. What did you love about The Last Jedi? We got to see a more powerful new side of the Force. Wow, yeah. I mean, we see Leia uh, as she gets sucked out of the uh, command bridge. Yeah. Into space. And you see her floating around. And then she wakes up and pulls herself back toward the ship using the Force. She, like, died. Right. And then came back to life. Right. What did you think, Nathan, when you're standing there and you're watching the Radis, which is her ship, by the way. Uh, You know... uh, Radish? Radis. You know the the Mon Calamari uh, Admiral from Rogue One? Admiral Radis? Yeah. Well, the ship is named after him, but just in case you don't know that. And for all of you well, in you podcast land, that may be new information for you. But that's the uh, the Radis is her ship in the Last Jedi. Nathan, when you saw, um, well, we got to back up to set this up. So here's Kylo Ren coming with his tie silencer, tie, tie silencer and the other tie fighters okay. with him, and he is ready to take the bead on Princess or General Leia and shoot his and kill his mom, just like he killed Han Solo, his dad, and he decides. Against shooting and killing his mom, and then the two TIE fighters on both sides of him fire on the Radis. And the next thing you know, the and entire we command uh, center bridge of the last of the Radis is blown to smithereens, and we see General Leia, Princess Leia, sucked into the vacuum of space. What was your thoughts when you saw that, Nate? Uh, I was pretty sad that they <laughs> killed almost. Well, then I didn't know that. Well, right. I was going to use... I was surprised that they were going to kill Han in the last movie and then Leia yeah. in this one. But 
it was I was really taken back by that and I was I was really frustrated. Yeah. But when I saw her pull herself back in Well, let's, let's not talk about that yet. So, so so she's floating around in the vacuum space. She's dead. When you get sucked into space, you're dead. And you're floating around, you are dead. So then that made me start to question everything we were told by Ryan Johnson and Disney and Lucasfilm. Right. Going into this, because Carrie Fisher, we know, God rest her soul, had died a year ago, and they had said they hadn't changed anything about this movie yeah. with her, but she was go- supposed to have a huge role in the future right. episode nine. Yeah, I was thinking when I saw that scene, I'm like, well, I guess that's one way to fix the problem. Yeah, like, I thought they killed of, her. I thought, I mean, I'm like, that was a little, it was really early on to the movie. Yeah, too, at least so, in the first third. Yeah, so it was like, okay, well, that happened. So there she is. She's floating around in space, and you see her start to freeze in the vacuum of space. And what happens next, Sam? Since this is your thing, she uh, wakes up. Well, you they zoom in on her hand floating in space, right? And there's debris kind of all around, and you see her hand move a little bit, and the debris around kind of like pulses or whatever. And then you see it move some more, and then you see her wake up, and she uses the force and pulls herself back toward the the destroyed bridge. And and Poe and Finn see them see her flying through space. So they open the door for her to come in, and then they take her to the the, the un medical room. Or flipping believable. <laughs> what do you do with this? Have we ever seen anything like no, this? No, nothing. When it comes to the Force no. in the past, no, no, no. That's not how the Force works. Exactly. I mean, even Han Solo knows that's not how the Force works. With this, I don't so, mind it though. Oh, it was, un- we've never seen her use the force. No, no I mean, we've seen her like with that weird connection with Luke, in, just sort of a, tele- a, te- a telepathy type, right? Thing. Which could be part of the force because you know, we see uh, Ray and Kylo linked somehow. Well, that hasn't that's a little different. that hasn't happened. We'll come yet. back. To that. Here's what you gotta do. don't get ahead of yourself because none of that has really happened in the movie. No, I was just talking about like in, in the explanation of like the linking minds or whatever, okay. but yeah, no, we haven't seen her use the force like that. At all. So that was your, like, one of the craziest things that you saw from the movie. Anything oh, else? I mean, well, like, everything. <laughs> I mean, we see Yoda. Yeah. And that it makes. Cool. Okay, I just want to say thank you, Ryan Johnson, for making <laughs> him a puppet. Yes. Well, let's not talk about Yoda yet, because that's something that's gotten a lot of controversy. We'll come back to that. And I think okay. it's interesting. Um, I want to see the movie again to see if my my theory of this is correct. But we'll talk about that in a second because I want to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. All right, Nathan, Nathan. What is something that the, the thing that you loved the most about the Last Jedi? Well, like Sam said, it opened up a new door for the Force, mm-hmm. but it also did make known that the powerful Jedi and the powerful Force users. Do not have to be Skywalkers. Whoa. Yep. So so you've got Kylo Ren. Okay, so for the last two years, even before that, and let's just let's just go ahead and address this right now. At the in our in our live podcast from the line on Thursday night, we made predictions that we thought were gonna happen. And my prediction was that Ray's parents or dad was going to be Luke Skywalker, and I gave my theories behind my reasons behind it. I was completely wrong right. on this. In fact, Nate, Sam, your prediction was that DJ was Ezra. Oh, yeah. That was way off. <laughs> you were way off. Sam, Nathan, your prediction was that the Porgs were going to save the universe. Accidentally. Accidentally. Did that happen? Nah, no, but they were adorable. 
They were adorable. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Especially the one that got roasted on a spit by Chewbacca. I oh. so wanted him to eat that thing. If, uh, what would anyway. you have done if a poor I would have eaten it with a smile on my face and slathered some barbecue sauce on it. But anyway, um, a barbecue porg. It makes me hungry. I think I'm going to go get, get a chicken and pretend like it's a porg today. Anyway, um, so where were we? We were talking about... The new that Skywalkers don't have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Ray is like searching for her parentage, and that's a big plot line in this movie. It really wasn't a plot line in The Force Awakens. No. They really didn't talk about it that much. It was more fan speculation after The Force Awakens. It's front and center. Oh yeah. In The Force totally. Awakens. It's like a major plot line with it. And her and Kylo are going back and forth about this. And Kylo basically says what does he describe her parents as, Nate? Do you remember? Um, nobody drunks that sold you for drinking money. Wow. She's not a Skywalker. She's not a Palpatine. She's not a Kenobi. She's not a Kenobi. She's not a Qui- from Qui-Gon Jinn. She's a nobody whose parents are drunks that sold her into slavery so they could drink more. And Nathan, why does that such an interesting plot line? Because... Nor all the for- big Force Jedi's and users and all in the that. saga movies. Yes, yeah. All in one, two, three, four, five, six have always been Skywalker. Well, yeah. I mean, I would I mean, say we in the had prequel, like Kenobi's and and yeah. Kenobis I mean, when we have the Jedi Council, we have thousands of Jedi and right. all that kind of stuff. But the the focus of the saga movies is has always been the Skywalkers. Skywalker. Has been the Skywalkers, right? right. And so. We have to. We've always assumed that that meant that Ray has to be a, a Skywalker. Exactly, it makes sense. I mean, there's a logic behind it. But Ryan Johnson decided to say, "Okay, this is what everybody expects. I'm going to take that like Luke Skywalker's lightsaber being handed to him by <laughs> Ray and chuck it over my shoulder and forget about everything that you think you know about the saga movies because Ray is nobody." That scene though with the lightsaber uh, ticked me off because I'm like, we waited two years for that. <laughs> Well, I, I think we'll talk about that when we talk about things we didn't like about the movie. Because there's some things that I, you know, that I would have. No, I mean, I kind of liked it. I just was like, what in the world just it? happened? Right. Okay. So yeah, that's a big plot line, and I think that ties into the most important storyline. You want to talk about that right now? Absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. I've listened to Jedi Council podcast. I've listened to Star Wars Underworld podcast. I've listened to Rebel Force Radio podcast. All of their reactions, several reactions. I listened to one. Oh my gosh. I listened to a podcast yesterday while I was driving to the staff Christmas party at my work. And it was by Slate Magazine and Slate website. Please, God, don't ever make me listen to a podcast about Star Wars from people that don't know Star Wars. Oh, please. It was so horrible. It's like, which episode was this? Oh. And they were a complete disaster. It was like, I, they didn't even know what was going on in the movie. But I listened to podcasts in the last few days from people that get Star Wars. Yeah. They're some of the best podcasts out there. And there's a plot line in The Last Jedi that people seem to just think was wasted time. There was no purpose behind it. It had no reason to be in there. It was just pointless. And that is the plot line of Finn and Rose traveling to Canto Bight to find the slicer that's going to help them get into Snoke's ship and get into where the tracker is that's tracking the Radis and all this stuff. Okay, And the general consensus is you could take that whole plot line, 
rip it out of the movie, just send Finn and Rose straight from the Raddus to Snoke's ship and let them get captured and fight Phasma on that ship and the movie continues to go and it doesn't miss a beat. And if you don't get the Canto Bite sequence and the reason behind Ryan Johnson putting this sequence in, then that makes perfect sense. Yeah. The whole purpose of this movie is what happens on Canto Bite. And here's why. Let me explain. Star Wars, going all the way back to Episode 4, A New Hope, is a story about things going wrong that seem like they're bad being used by this force right to propel people into the story that are going to be used to to stay to save the galaxy right so let's go all the way back to that very first moment in 1977 you the the a long time ago in a galaxy far far away the title crawl goes up through the screen it pans down and you have the tantive for flying through the sp- through space and the star destroyer coming behind now we know what's on that right what's on the tantive for uh the droids the C-3-3-O droids c3po and r2d2 but who's on that with them Princess Leia. Right. Yeah, exactly. Princess Leia. And what do they have? The, the Death Star. The Death Star. Okay, so for them to destroy the Death Star, that ship needs to go. Right. Further. Right? And the end of Episode 4 is that those plans getting to the Rebellion, the Rebellion figuring out how to destroy the Death Star, and they destroy the Death Star. So you could logically state that everything that happens from the opening scene till the time they get to the, the plans to the Death Star was out. unnecessary. Yeah. There was no reason. But that's not the way the Force works in the right. Star Wars galaxy. The Force works allowing Darth Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin to capture Leia so that Leia has to put the the plans into an R2 unit where C-3PO and R2-D2 get jettisoned in an escape pod to land on Tatooine. Why is that important? So we can get to Luke. So we can get to Obi-Wan Kenobi and we can get to Luke. And Luke doesn't enter into this greater story of Star Wars that. if that ship does not capture the Tante 4. Right. And they don't have to... Jet- Everything has to go wrong for Luke Skywalker to be brought into the story. Do you yeah. see where I'm coming yeah. from on that? Okay. It's the same thing in um, uh, the beginning of The Force Awakens. Right. You've got Kylo Ren and the First yeah. Order troops coming down. And if Poe isn't captured and if Lor Santeca isn't killed and if BB-8 doesn't have to go on the run, there is no Rey in that storyline. If Finn doesn't get crashed with Poe Dameron on Jakku, with the, um, he doesn't find the BB-8 unit. He doesn't find Rey. So there's this theme of bad things happening, the Force allowing bad things to happen in order to bring different people into the story who are going to be the heroes of the story, okay? Canto Bite is just that sort of story. See, we have Finn and we have Rose and they go to Canto Bite, the casino planet, in order to find the slicer with the lapel pin flower thingamajig. I don't remember what they call it, but anyway. And they find him... There and as soon as they find him, what happens? They get captured. They get arrested. Mm Right. Right. And they get thrown into prison. And they find DJ is in prison with them, and he's. We find out later he's a he's a mercenary. He's selling 
you know, weapons to either side of the of the conflict, the First Order, he, and... The, he wasn't doing that. See, the person who owned the ship that he stole was doing that. Okay, so, but he's still a mercenary at yeah. this point. He's still playing both sides oh, of yeah. this. He betrays Finn and Rose, and that's what gets you into the story. And if you think that that's the whole point of them going to Canto Bight, then it makes no sense. There's no purpose Absolutely. for them to have gone to Canto Bight. Right. But there's a scene where Rose and Finn are standing outside of the casino, and they're overlooking the uh, Faithier's... Race, okay, the Faithier races, it's like horse races right. on there. And Finn, and see, they tell you, Ryan Johnson tells all of us watching The Last Jedi What's going on? to pay attention in this scene because we're Finn at this point right. of the story. We think this is just a beautiful planet with casinos and rich people, and they're just going to come here for that. And Rose tells us why we are on Canto bite. She says, take a closer look. look. Right. And she gets those um, uh, viewer viewing goggles and Finn starts looking down and he sees slavery. He sees uh, abuse. Uh, abuse and all of these types of things. And then that propels the rest of the story on Canto Bite because they end up having to try to escape and they go into the Faithier stables and they see a little boy and he's on the verge of, of sounding the alarm. Right? Right. And what does Rose do, Nathan? He, she says, stop, and shows the boy the ring she had on. And what, does, what happens with the ring? It's just a regular ring, right? Yeah, but what it happens looks to just it? It's like it has a blue stone in it. But it actually, when you turn something, it has a rebel sign in it. The rebels says, yeah, insignia. The resistance. Right. And if you go back, remember when um, earlier. Leia in the movie before the whole crazy death force <laughs> moment of this, she's talking about how the rebel symbol is a symbol that's known throughout the entire galaxy. Right. And it stands for freedom. It stands for hope. Right. Right. And now we're there on Canto Bite, and there's this slave boy that we've seen get beaten earlier uh-huh. in the Canto Bite sequence. And R- Rose shows that symbol to this little boy. And how does he react? He he knows it. He knows the symbol, and we don't. Do, do, now I'm at the end. We see he's got this ring. Do we see Rose give him that ring? I don't recall seeing that. I don't remember seeing that either. Okay, I'll have to see it. We'll have to check it out on the second time. Okay, so then it's at this point that they go and they get out in the Faith Years and they escape and they get on the ship that DJ and BB-8 have stolen and they go back and then they get betrayed. Right. Right. So if none of that part. Is necessary. None of the going to Canto Bight, finding the slicer, getting back to Snoke's ship, getting captured, and none of that is necessary, then Ryan Johnson's not a great filmmaker, at least in this sequence. Right. But something happens at the very end of the movie, the closing sequence of the movie. Now, you know, we're at this point at the end of the movie, the entire resistance fits on the Millennium Falcon. Right. It's just devastated. There is no resistance. Anymore, it's like 20, 25 people yeah, at most. It's tiny at this point, and they go into hyperspace on the Millennium Falcon, and you see it go in, and it's at that point that you expect that, that this everything's going to iris out, and you're going to see directed by Ryan Johnson come right. across the screen, but it doesn't happen that way. We're transported back to Canto Bight, mm-hmm. and we're back in the stables with those kids, and that little boy has a makeshift. Luke Skywalker doll, and and, and they're sitting on the, and makeshifts, you know, other characters, yeah. yeah, and they're laying on the floor and they're pretending to, you know, they're playing 
with Star Wars action figures, well, like they, we've all done. Right, right. What they were doing is they were telling the, the legend story. of Luke Skywalker. Right, exactly. They're telling the legend, the stories of Luke Skywalker that have been passed down over the last 30 years. The big legend of Luke Skywalker. And they're playing with the figures like I did when I was six and seven years old and like you guys have done right. with the figures. And then the next thing you know, the evil comes into the stable. The the slave owner, essentially, right. comes in and he tells the kids to scatter. And the little boy from the stable that Rose and Finn saw walks outside into the night's, night air. Mm-hmm. He walks outside. And as he's getting ready to grab his broom to begin going back to his slave labor, you see him extend his hand, but he doesn't touch the broom. The broom, through the force, comes, to his comes into his hand. And he starts to pretend it's a lightsaber yeah. a little bit. Like we've all done. Right? Right? Who hasn't? And they start, he starts sweeping and it goes up into the night sky. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose of the Finn Rose Canto Bite sequence is to provide hope to that little boy. To give him that ring. We see him have the ring. Right. The re- rebellion ring on his finger. And he's looking into the future. I believe Ryan Johnson has just told us what his entire new trilogy is going to be about. I think it's about this little boy grown up with the new Jedi Order starting this all over again. And that doesn't happen if Rose and Finn don't have a completely failing mission to Canto Bite. The failure at Canto Bite propels that little boy into the Star Wars saga. What do you yep. guys think? Makes sense. Otherwise, I would agree. That whole Cantor Bite sequence is completely useless and should be taken mm-hmm. out. But when you put it that way, it makes total sense. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, we've gone a long time already and we've just gotten through the things we liked. Anything else you guys want to talk about that you loved about the movie? Uh, no. Jesus, so much. I mean, like, totally. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for months oh, on yeah. this podcast. And not, I mean, we've already started getting theories about it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the theory videos about that little broom boy is what they're calling him on social media right now. Broom boy. Um, the theories about him are going to be just going crazy over oh, the yeah. next two years. Okay. Let's talk about things we don't like about The Last Jedi. All right. Sam, you get to go first. What are some things you did like about The Last Jedi? All right. They're sort of minor. Well, not minor, I guess. I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. I would have liked to see more Snoke and figure out who this guy is because that's been like the focus of of entire channels on YouTube. Uh, also, I would have liked Ray's parents to be something, someone, you know. But then again, I understand why they kind of had it be no one big and i guess you can still go and talk about who snoke was he could still be someone big but i would have liked to see a little more action out of him i mean we did see him display his powers in the throne room and it was pretty pretty awesome but i just i think they could have done more with that and i would have at least liked to know who he was yeah i understand the idea nathan what do you have to say about that well ray parents were nobody right but also as we were just speaking those kids those that kid 
was sold into slavery. He's a nobody too. And right. Nobody. His background doesn't matter. He may have been sold for f- drinking money Who or knows? gambling money or something like that. So it his background matter. isn't what matters. Forget the past. Right. Let it die, in the words of Kylo Ren. The past to. doesn't matter. Kill it if you have to. Kill it if you have to, yeah. Interesting. I think this, you know, I remember watching episode four and hearing about the Emperor. And I remember watching episode five and seeing that one hologram sequence with the Emperor. And then watching episode six, Return of the Jedi, and actually seeing the Emperor and not knowing anything about how he came to power, who he was, and not needing to. It was unnecessary to the plot line. The reason that we're so focused on Snoke's background is because of the new fandom um, based on YouTube and podcasts like ours and Twitter and the internet with you know blogs and articles and things like that has created this obsession with his background. I believe Ryan Johnson did some very deliberate things yeah. in this movie. He basically said to all of Star Wars super fandom... Stop it. Yeah. Stop worrying about your theories. You want Raylo? I'm going to tease you with Raylo up into the middle of the movie and make you convinced Raylo's going to happen and then rip it away. I'm going to tease you that we're going to find out who Ray's parents are up until the almost the very end of the movie and then I'm going to rip it away. Why is Luke on Act 2? We'll give you a little bit of that story, but right. ju- but forget about this, does he have the green lightsaber or not? All of the stories that we've been debating, all the theories that we've been debating for the last two years, Ryan Johnson basically just said, stop. Yeah. We're telling a different story. It's not about what you think you know and you can theorize from the past. So Snoke fits into that. Do I think that we'll probably get a Snoke novel between uh, eight and nine? Because it'll sell like crazy to answer yeah. the questions about who Snoke is? Probably. Um, with it, do I think it's relevant to the Star Wars movie uh, saga? Yeah. Not in the least bit. With it, so Nathan, what did you dislike a little bit about this movie? Um, not enough porgs. Just kidding. <laughs> Nathan <laughs> hated the porgs. Oh, no, yeah. they're amazing. Anyway, um, nothing. Nothing. Wow. There isn't. Well, you did say this is your favorite movie of all yeah, the Star Wars movies. That's true. So there isn't anything you would have seen different. I mean, even if it's just a technical thing, not even a plotline thing. No. It, it all made sense. It came together perfectly. Okay. I would say this. I, when, I, when it first... There were two sort of production um, elements that bothered me watching the movie uh, the first time. And I'm hoping that uh, the second viewing will allow me to sort of adjust my thinking. Yeah. Bodies. The first was... The way that Leia was in space and sort of moved into back into the ship, it just seemed weird. It seemed yeah. like a statue that was on its side floating in space. And I get she's frozen. It just felt weird. It was, you know, I, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't seem to fit for me the way she looked. Uh, as she went through that, so I'm a, that was something I borrowed. The other one was when Yoda first shows yeah. up in Act Two. Yeah. You know, he's got that blue glow around him, um, and when he first starts, it just looks like kind of bad CGI. Yeah, it looks like his. It's like frozen. Like his face is like like he had too much plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he, like being a Force ghost for thirty years hasn't done him very well. Right. Know? He's like he's a nine hundred year old puppet or, or Jedi that's. 
you know, looks okay until he becomes a force ghost. And then 30 years later, he doesn't look very good. Right. But what I noticed, and, and I've heard other people mention this too, and so I, I think that there's an accuracy to this statement. I noticed that as you go through those sequences with um, him and Luke, as the blue glow, f- it, it fades away yeah. over time. And as the blue glow fate force ghost moment moves away to much more of a physical manifestation of Yoda... He looks more and more like the Yoda from Return of the Jedi. That's true. And Empire. You get used to him. I think that they've. I think that they basically go and do this on purpose. He's sort of just this weird ethereal character that doesn't look right. Right. And then as he becomes more physical throughout this, he begins to look more like um, the Yoda we all know. The Yoda we know and love. So yeah. um, that's what I didn't like about that. Anything else? Not really. No. All right. So now we have to figure out what this means. Okay. So now we're finally here. We've seen The Last Jedi. We know what happens in the movie and in the story. So what does this mean for the future of the Star Wars saga? All right. I think I've already told you what I think it means. I think that we're going to see that little boy, Broom Boy... And I have his name somewhere. Actually, his name is in the visual dictionary. I tweeted it out yesterday on on, at Tatooine Sons on Twitter. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But anyway, um, I think he's the future of the Jedi. Hmm. I think that he's going to be... He's been propelled into the story through the Canto Bite uh, scenes. And he is the future of the Jedi Order. I think that we're going to see in uh, the trilogy that Ryan Johnson puts out that he's an adult. He's leading the Jedi Order. We're going to find out that that's him. Um, with that I think that's where we go on that what do you guys think about the future of Star Wars based on The Last Jedi and I would say let's talk specifically about episode 9 where does J.J. Abrams go with this and how do you think what kind of a job do you think is ahead of him Nathan you go first um well there's not really much because at at the end of the movie 25 resistance people at most and so they just leave a clean slate for J.J. Abrams to go crazy. Yeah. I mean, the resistance is basically no more. I mean, it's smaller than... I mean, it kind of reminds me of the beginning of season one of Rebels. Yeah, when there's exactly what went through my head. You know, you've got a small band of loose people that are trying to resist this massive empire. Well, now the First Order, see, we, we think that the First Order is, is all kind of small. there. It's not. They, it talks about early in the movie, they're scattered throughout the galaxy, right. um, uh, enforcing their, their regime. Their regime, right. So they're all over. I mean, the Empire has risen again. The Empire has control of the galaxy again. And this time, Kylo Ren is, is the new supreme leader, and Hux is his lackey. Um, with this, which there's a whole lot you could talk about, Kylo. We haven't even talked about Raylo, really. We haven't talked about Ray. I mean, there's so much to talk about over the next few weeks on this. Oh, this. Yeah. No, we, we have our work cut out for us, for sure. There yeah, but a, so does J.J. Abrams. There was, because, you know, he's got to figure out how to reconcile all this. And yeah. We basically could end the saga movies right here, and it would feel like that's the end yeah. of it. Um, yeah. But now J.J. Abrams has got to take Rey and Kylo and the death of Princess Leia. It's got to be happening between these two episodes. Yeah. I think you see it in the title crawl. You know, Princess, I think you're going to find that the opening words, here's my prediction, as of December, what's today, 16th, December 16th, 2017, 
two years before episode nine comes out, my prediction is that the opening words of the title crawl for episode nine is General Leia is dead. I think that's how they have to do it. They have to put it into the crawl and start from there in order to honor her effectively with that. And that's where J.J. Abrams has to go with it. What do you think, Sam? Well, the Force is never going to be the same. Or, I mean, the way we look at the Force and the way the Force is portrayed will never be the same. I mean, it's so much Explain what you mean by that and why you, why you say that. I mean, it's, it's got to be all about the way things happen with Luke in this movie. Yeah. So, so walk through what happened with Luke Skywalker. Well, I'll go with the end part. Okay. So, you see Luke... Come into the resistance base after they they're being they're being uh, hunted by the first order, and Leia sends out a distress call to the entire galaxy for help uh, against the first order, and they get nothing except they see this shadowy figure walking in through the door, and they see it's Luke Skywalker, but he looks weird. He looks like. His, his his beard isn't as white. He doesn't yeah, have a total plot hair. hole. When you're sitting right. in the theater and you see this, you've got the, the all the imagery that we've always seen of Luke Skywalker on Octu oh, with the older, longer hair, gray, oh, gray in his beard. What does he look like when he walks through that door on the uh, on on crate um, um, to see uh, his sister, General Leia? Um, well, he looks like. Uh, he groomed himself, and yeah. he's like coming he, or something. I guess some of the caretakers on Act Two were barbers, yeah, right, and they had you know, you know, that little barber shop, right? Stuff. But it was just—you're right. It was a total plot hole, right? But then they explained that he was using. The yeah, well, well, so go on, get yeah. back to that. So then you see him walk out and stand in front of like these like a dozen walkers. And he's huge machines, right? Right. And, he's and just Kylo standing. Ren and Hux on the on the shuttle, right? And Kylo Ren says, "Focus all your fire on this man." Which can you and imagine how much hatred there is by Kylo Ren? Right. Of Luke? And that makes sense because we got to go back now. Uh, Kylo Ren thinks that Luke tried to murder him. Yeah. It's what sends him over the edge to the dark side. Yeah. Luke Skywalker, we learn in this movie, sensed the darkness. Was going to completely consume Kylo Ren, and at one point he's considering killing him, and he ignites the green lightsaber, and he's standing over him in this flashback sequence, and it, and Kylo Ren believes he's getting ready to kill him with it, and so they th- that's what sets him over the edge. So yeah. the hatred that Kylo Ren has for Luke is just unbelievably intense, right. but it's more than that—the fear of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, because he's thinking there's no he senses. I have to send everything against him right now. So they like fire upon him for a good minute, and you you know you see the red the red salt flying up into the air. It's just pillar of dust, and then the dust settles, and you see Luke walk out, and he does like he just like brushes off one shoulder like it's no big deal. <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. So you see this terrified look on Kylo. So Kylo says, "All right, send me down. I'm gonna face him one one on one." So he goes out there, and they, they talk, and Luke says that if you strike me down in anger, then I will always be with you. Yeah, so very similar uh, parallel in the way that Obi-Wan talks to yeah, Vader on the very similar. Yeah. And we'll, we'll come yeah. back to why it's even closer. Yeah. So you see Kylo you know, attack Luke, and Luke does this like effortless move to, to dodge his attack. Next time, he, you know, Kylo runs back. He does this like 
Matrix dodge under his blade and just comes back. It is so cool. And then you see Kylo dash through and run his lightsaber, cutting Luke through the chest. And then you turn around and Luke is perfectly fine. No scars. <laughs> nothing. So Kylo is absolutely confused and terrified. So Kylo walks up and just points his blade at Luke and runs it through his stomach and you see that he's not there. It's just an illusion. And Luke says, see you around, kid. And his vision fades away. And you see Luke on Octu. He's levitating over a rock. Like, he's meditating, but he's, he's meditating so strongly with the Force that he's floating. And then the vision goes away. He falls down, and it is taxed, it has taxed him so heavily. He's sweating. He's exhausted. He's just spent. All, all that. You could just see it in his face. And then he climbs back up onto the rock. He looks out at the sunset on Octu, and you see two suns instead of just the one. And then you see this calm, peaceful look on Luke, and then they pan back. You see just his backside, and then he completely fades away, and his robe floats off. Oh, my God. Just like Obi-Wan. All right. I said earlier in the beginning of this podcast that I don't generally have... Uh, visible or, or audible expressions at movies. Uh, when Leia was sucked out, I gasped. Yeah. When Luke faded away and became one with the Force and his um, robe dropped down, just like Obi-Wan, first thing I did was I yelled, No. Yeah. I was like, a, like only in the person theater, in, just in no. The theater. <laughs> And then tears started coming down my cheeks. Uh, I had said beforehand, you know, the whole don't let Luke die, don't let Luke die, don't let I Luke die. I better not see Luke die. I better not say Luke die, right, that thing. Um, I had said that if Luke dies in this, my childhood dies with me. And there was a point of, no, and here's why. The brilliance of the end of this movie took me right back to being that little boy. Yeah. Playing with my Luke Skywalker action figure, grabbing a broom handle, <laughs> pretending it was a lightsaber, and playing with my friends and imagining these stories that we were making up, it all came back. Yeah. Folks, that's what this movie was all about. It was yeah. trying to restore the wonder and the awe and the grandeur of the Star Wars saga it instead of making it about is Ray. The daughter of Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Palpatine, Kenobi, is Snoke, the Emperor, or Plagueis, or Mace Windu, or Jar Jar Binks. Ryan Johnson says, stop trying to figure it all out. Enjoy the story. And he did. Just, and, and I think this is why the movie appealed to me so much. And I've said this before, but the way you see the Force and its power, that's how it was when you first saw it. Yes, you made up Force four. stories. Right, and when you were a kid and you saw Star Wars for the first time and you saw the Force... It blew your mind, right? That's what happened with this movie and this new generation of Star Wars fans like BB Nate and I. We see this absolute power of the Force and it just sucks us right in. And so we forget about is Rey a Kenobi? All the theory all that. Videos it's just we're sucked away. into the awe of Star Wars. Yeah. It, Ryan Johnson is a genius. What did you think about the way the Force worked in this movie and how it made you feel about the story? Um... Well, it it made me happy. The, the way they went out with Luke was perfect. Yeah, it was. They made him go out peaceful, mm. in calm, at in peace, course, yeah. and not in pain, as Ray 
as, as, yeah, that's that yeah. conversation between Leia really and Ray on our Falcon. Pain. Yeah, tell, talk about that. What that conversation was. Well, Luke says, Ray, Leia says that Luke is gone, and Ray says, "I sense that too." And she's like, "He," but I notice, I sense that he went out peacefully, painless, and died in sense that he won yeah, he won his voice. battle now yeah. it's time for ray to take her which is what this yeah. next movie is going to be all about so we'll still probably still have luke but as a force ghost like yoda you're not gonna this next movie is not about leia because she's not there yeah which is going to be a big deal for abrams because she was supposed to be the main character seven force awakens was supposed to be han's movie Eight, The Last mm-hmm. Jedi was Luke's movie, and oh, nine man. was going to be Leia's movie. Well, that can't happen now. They're not going to put her in a CGI. Mm-hmm. Again, my prediction is the opening words of the crawl is General Leia is dead yeah. at this point. And I think that that's the right the way tongue. to do this. That's the right way to start that crawl. It's the best way to honor her. Have those be the first words yeah. of the crawl. Because, with well, you don't want to do it in a book because not everybody reads books. Right, right, that's why they they'll probably explain it a little bit in the book to in a book, but they have to put it in the title crawl. Yeah. Otherwise, it has to be the first thing so in the title crawl. Totally. So you're not questioning and wondering it going yeah. into the movie. How yeah. is this going to happen? We what are they going to do? Sort of so now, yes. what does that make nine about? Nine is about Ray. Yeah. Nine is about her uh, taking the Jedi Order books that she snuck out of the Jedi tree before on Octu before Yoda. Ignited it with the force, which is unreal. <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. um, and understanding those, even though they're not really page turners, according to Yoda. Um, and trying to figure out what that means for the future of the Jedi. Because yeah. her faith in the Jedi still exists. Luke's was gone in this movie. And rightfully so. Yeah. The Jedi Order has been a failure. Yeah, and he said that too. The new Jedi Order, maybe not so much. And Ray bringing that out without the baggage of Darth Vader being your father, without the baggage of Ben Skywalker becoming Kylo and your nephew, and all of the things that go along. You know, Luke Skywalker was admittedly arrogant when he started. He talks about this in Octu. Yeah. He was arrogant when he started the Jedi Temple uh, to train these, or the Jedi Academy to train Ben and the other uh, a new Jedi. He talks about how arrogant he was. Oh, hold on. They didn't explain anything about the Knights of Ren. No, Knights of Ren were completely absent. They didn't even mention them. There was one mention that Kylo Ren, when he left the Academy and set it on fire, took some of the yeah. the, the students with him. And you assume that those and are the, the re- Knights of and Ren. And they said the rest of the students were killed. Yeah, they killed the rest of the students. The ones that didn't side with him. So you, you assume that those are the Knights of Ren. So we'll probably see them in action. I think you have to. Well, Otherwise, what's the point? You gotta blame Luke for Ben. Because well, if you think about it, it well, wasn't right for him. Well, Luke he blamed didn't... Luke for Ben. Yeah. And when Luke shows up in Crate and he's in the, you know, the Force um, Vision Phantom, Phantom is what I think they call it. The Force Phantom is, is interacting with Leia and they're talking. You know, he says, I'm sorry. It's, you know, he basically takes full responsibility for what happened with Ben. And yeah. Leia doesn't. Say, oh, it's not your fault. She basically accepts his apology. And says, it's a pretty intense. Sequence. And she accepts the fact that Kylo is too far gone. Yes, Kylo is 
irredeemable at this point. Yeah. yeah. Raylo is dead. Thank Woo! So, anyway. Well, they also, uh, Luke did say that I'm not here to redeem Kylo. I'm yeah. here to destroy him. I'm, I'm not here to do, I'm not here to help him. He's yeah. too He's far too gone. Far gone. And Leia says, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing movie. Whew. All right. If you're going to give it a, a rating on a scale of one to 10, Nathan. Um, well, I would give it a nine. Nine out of 10. Pretty good. Nate, Sam. I don't know. I nine or a ten for sure. Yeah, see, yeah. it's really nine high up there. After one showing, I'm gonna go with a nine point five <laughs> out of ten. There you too. go. And you go uh, I have a feeling that the more I see this movie, the closer it's gonna get to a full on ten. Yeah. So. yeah. Anything else? Was well, there anything else you guys wanted to talk about tonight? There's uh, so much to talk about. Or this morning? In that movie. Yeah, we'll just have to have another podcast yeah. next week if you guys want. Mm. All right, darn. I All just right. wanted to talk about it. Sounds good. All right, so let's talk about last week's poll. <laughs> All right. Last week we uh, asked the question on our on our Twitter poll, asking um, what format you were going to use um, to see the Last Jedi. Was it going to be two D, three D, or IMAX? And with uh, one hundred and six votes, we had fifty seven percent. We're going to see the Last Jedi in just standard two D, just huh. like it's nineteen seventy seven all over again. Huh. Um, with that, fourteen percent saw it the way that we did three D. And 29% saw it. We're going to see it in IMAX. So that was last week's poll. Let's talk about what this week's poll is. I just do that because I love the Tauntaun sound. But anyway, uh, this week's poll. What did you think about The Last Jedi? Did you absolutely love it? Did you absolutely hate it? Are you completely confused by it? Uh, find us on Twitter at Tatooine Sons and uh, vote on our poll with that. And then at the same time, if you aren't subscribing to the to uh, Tatooine Sons on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, YouTube. SoundCloud, YouTube, we have a YouTube video version of it as well. If you haven't subscribed to us, please do that. Drop us a comment, uh, thumbs it up or like it. Uh, give us a rating, five stars, of course, because we're awesome and we know it. No, we want to get better, so we ask you for your comments so we can do that. If you find um, things that we can do that'll be better, yeah. We want to make this the best podcast possible. So thank you guys for that. Um, remember, um, there's going to be a lot more speculation over the next year. The, the Star Wars universe just became a lot bigger <laughs> as of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Anything else, guys? I think that's it. All right. May the Force be with you, and we will see you next week. Are you brainless? I never ask that question until after I've done it. We're smarter than this. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent.
Shouldn't shopping be as much fun as summer itself? That's what Macy's Backstage is all about. We've got the finds you can't resist. The brands you love, swimwear, shorts, sandals, everything for outdoor entertaining, pool parties, and more. With new deals arriving every week at prices so low, you never need a coupon. And when you see something, get it. Because it's here today, gone tomorrow. That's the excitement of never knowing what you'll find, but always finding something. And just like summer, there's no better feeling. Visit Macy'sBackstage.com for locations. Shouldn't shopping be as much fun as summer itself? That's what Macy's Backstage is all about. We've got the finds you can't resist. The brands you love, swimwear, shorts, sandals, everything for outdoor entertaining, pool parties, and more. With new deals arriving every week at prices so low, you never need a coupon. And when you see something, get it. Because it's here today, gone tomorrow. That's the excitement of never knowing what you'll find, but always finding something. And just like summer, there's no better feeling. Visit Macy'sBackstage.com for locations.